Yeah, I did. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Good morning, church. Welcome to Church in the Marketplace. My name is Peter Chapman. It's my great joy and privilege to serve as the minister here at 400 Oxford Street, Bondi Junction. A special welcome also to those of you watching from home as well. Perhaps a few more watching from home this morning, given that we have some city-to-surf road closures around the place. And I think a few people have chosen to watch from home. A few people as well who are new to us this morning. So if you're a regular here at Church in the Marketplace, please make them feel welcome. This morning, church, we are working our way through uh, Matthew's gospel. We've been journeying with Matthew in his gospel as Jesus has called his disciples, as he has sent them out. Last week, he he fed the 5,000. Today, we're continuing that story. It's the very next chapter, the very next story in uh, in Jesus with his disciples uh, going about the business of declaring abundant life to all, about declaring that the kingdom has come. He's going to be really uh, engaging in one of the most famous stories from the Bible uh, of all time. That is, of course, uh, walking on water. And indeed, even the disciple Peter doing so for... Uh, for can we get that off the screen, please, guys? Off the <laughs> Eyes to me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> walking on water is our theme this morning. Through the storms of life, in the midst of the wind and the waves buffeting us, uh, do we still trust in Jesus enough to reach out to him? We're going to be affirming that regardless of where we are, of the storms, that we, the headwinds we may face, that Jesus will nevertheless reach out and call us home, take us to safety by the shores of our heavenly home. Amen? Why don't we commence our time together with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Loving Lord, God of grace, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much that we can gather here in this place. Thank you so much that we can gather and sing your praises, that we can gather around your word, Father, that we can fellowship together out in the open without fear of persecution. What an honour that is this morning. We declare, Father, this is your time. We are your people. This is your moment. Draw near, we pray. Make yourself known to us. Reveal yourself to us, we pray. We declare, Father, we are leaning into you this morning. We are listening for your word to us, to encourage us, Father, perhaps even to rebuke us as we face the storms in the midst of this modern life. We pray that our faith might be strengthened, that we might be a source of encouragement to those around us and alongside us this morning. Use this time together to build up your church, we pray. And all the people said, let's stand and sing. My mic on, hello. Are we going to start with Jesus paid it all? Stand in him. Come. 
complete. Jesus died, my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as Continue worship now with oceans. You call me out upon the waters. The great unknown where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, oceans deep. My faith will fail, and I will call upon your And keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, never failed, and you won't stop. my 
faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my Church, please take a seat. How are we traveling this morning? We're well? Going okay? Fantastic. All right, we've got a few things uh, we would like you to know about. As always, every Sunday morning, uh, we've got a prayer team gathering to pray for us before worship. We're going to gather at 9.15 down in the coal room. So if you're a, an early rise, if you can get here a little bit earlier, we'd very much appreciate your prayer. There's a small team that gathers to pray for this gathering, to pray that God will indeed move and touch people, that he will use our, our Sunday, our corporate worship gatherings for his glory. So that's at 9.15, just down the hallway here, every Sunday before worship in the coal room. Uh, all are welcome. Uh, we're not taking up a physical offering these days, but you are more than welcome uh, to be giving electronically. In fact, that is, would be the ideal way to give, to be tithing electronically. If you're a regular member of our church family, or you can give uh, physically via the box up the back, via the lovely Renee is showing you with a lovely... The price is right, skills up the back, if you're still giving physically. At the end of today's service, if you would like some prayer for anything at all, please come down the front and make yourself known to one of our elders, and they will pray with you for whatever it is that is burdening you, for whatever storm you might face yourself in the midst of today. We do need to pack up this space today, so we've got lifeblood coming in again this week. If you are around, please come and give blood. Uh, they'll be here in our space at Church in the Marketplace. But we do need to chair away, to pack away all the chairs and indeed the stays. We all need to go next door in the Trinity Room. So if you're an able-bodied person, we'd very much appreciate your help at the conclusion of worship today. A Chalk and Chad is on uh, this coming Wednesday up at Max Brenner from 7pm this uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so I believe there's a soccer game happening again this Wednesday night. So we might see if we can get a few folk together for that as well as a chock and a chat perhaps as well. We'll see what we can do. But chock and chat on the first and third Wednesdays of the month up at Max Brenner's uh, up at Westfield. So that's on this, uh, it's on this coming Wednesday night. Thursday mornings is a chance to gather uh, another opportunity to gather together for prayer. This time online we have uh, several chances to gather together and pray. We have uh, before worship on a Sunday. We've got 9 a.m. on a Tuesday in person and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. via Zoom. Uh, you can see the meeting ID on the screen there. If you'd like to join us just for half an hour prayer on a Thursday morning, please let me know and I can make sure that uh, you've got the link. Church in the Marketplace, we are hosting our Presbytery gathering on the 22nd of August. The Presbytery is the regional body of the Uniting Church. Uh, there's going to be about 50, 60 people here with us uh, from the Sydney Presbytery. Uh, we, uh, we are hosting, which means uh, it's up to us to feed, feed them as well. If you're able to help out with catering, it would be greatly appreciative. If you're able to 
If you're an expert in, in, in catering for a large number of people, just able to help out in a small way, we would love your love a hand with that. So it's on a Tuesday night, Tuesday the 22nd, uh, our chance to host Presbytery, but we do need to feed them from about 5.30 in the evening. Uh, that following Saturday, the 27th, will be refreshed. It's one of our big outreach events for the year. Please put it in your calendars. Please uh, let us know you're coming as well. You can see Bron has uh, got us a QR code. So please just scan it. Let us know you're coming. That will be super helpful. It's going to be a wonderful night of praise and worship. It's going to be a wonderful night consisting of all different musical genres. And, of course, the gospel will be proclaimed in word and in song as well. So please, Church in the Marketplace, Please make time to be here. That will be super helpful. We're expecting lots of visitors from our community. I've posted in 10 different Facebook groups that I'm a part of. The Bondi Local Loop, the Eastern Suburbs Community Group. There's 10 of them, would you believe? I'm a member of all of them. So I've posted it in there. So hoping we can get as many members from our community coming into our place uh, for a wonderful night of, of musical, uh, musical extravaganza on Saturday the 27th, 26th. So... Please put in your calendar and be here for that as well. Another special moment today, we are going to say thank you to our retiring church councillors and elders. Uh, if you know who you are, please come and join me on stage. We're going to spend a moment saying thank you on behalf of your church family. Uh, Kathy is not with us this morning, uh, but I believe the rest of us should all be here. Uh, we've got Eric, we've got Lucy, we've got Susan is here, Kathy is in New Zealand, uh, Nureet is here, Marion is here, and Richard is here. So uh, these guys have been faithfully serving as members of your church council, as pastoral elders, as overseers who together with the, the minister, minister are, are charged with with overseeing the church body, and they've been a part of our church council for the last couple of years. They are stepping down. Oh, Renee as well, of course, darling. And, uh, and, and so these are the people who have been, who have been your overseers, been, been meeting together, making decisions, and wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, and to pray that God will continue to use you in your new endeavours. So your, uh, your journey here at Church in the Marketplace isn't finished, but we did want to pause and just say thank you for all that you've done in exercising leadership of our church family over these past couple of years. Church, can we please pray? Let's pray. A loving and gracious God, thank you so much for these people who have given of themselves, given their time, their energy, have used their gifts for your glory to build up and to equip your church. Father, we say... Thank you that they've been willing to serve, to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Father, we pray that you'll continue to use them. We know that their journey with us is not finished. We know that you have more people for them to bless and to serve. We know that you'll put new challenges in their path, new ways that they can grow your kingdom here in this place and beyond. So, Father, we pray that you might continue to Allow them to hear your call upon their lives. And indeed, for each of us here, for every member of our church family, we pray that each of us might hear your call upon our lives. We pray that each of us might be able to discern where you are calling us, how you are wanting us to serve the body of Christ, to use the gifts that you've given us for your glory, to build up and to equip your church. We pray you'll be continuing to raise up the saints, be continuing to raise up a new generation of leader, of servant leader in this place, in your church, indeed throughout Australia and indeed right around the world. We pray for strong leadership, Father, and we thank you for those that have served. Continue to bless, continue to lead them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so uh, our busy uh, card makers have been uh, at work, got some unique uh, cards here and a little gift, so thank you so much. So please take a little... A gift as a token of our appreciation. So thank you all. Why don't you please give them a hand and they can take a seat. <laughs> Kathy, we know you're watching. Thank you, uh, thank you as as well. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, Susan, so I saw Susan somewhere. Stopped out for a call. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Kathy's not with us, but we got New Reed and Marion and Richard. Thank you so much, guys. God bless. Thank you, guys.
Church, why don't we just take a moment and chat to your neighbour. Uh, there's a few visitors here this morning. If you're a regular one, you go say good day to someone you don't know. Uh, why don't you just ask a question, give you a couple of minutes to grab a Bible. We're going to be in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, the kids can head out to Kids Church. Why don't you ask your neighbour, can you think of a time when God has brought you through a storm? Can you think of a time when God has brought you through a storm? Please grab a Bible from the lovely Renee and we'll see you here shortly with Matthew chapter 14. Verses 
Friends, why don't you grab a Bible? We're in Mark chapter 14. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. Have I told you, church, about my bungee jumping story? Hands up if you've ever been bungee jumping. Am I the only one? Ian has. Jay's been bungee jumping. Please go and uh, hear Jay's bungee jumping story. Church uh, in the marketplace, if you haven't met Jay yet, do yourself a favour. Go, go meet your brother Jay, uh, from, uh, originally from Chile. I went bungee jumping during a Cousins Bucks night uh, in the year 2000, actually just here at the Sydney Entertainment, uh, Entertainment Quarter, on a great big huge cherry picker, I, miles high, hundreds of metres high it was. I'm one of those blokes in the swimming hole, when you're swimming, just treading water, looking up at your mate, only a few metres up, thinking, uh, what are you so worried about? Just jump, it's not scary, what, what's not, it's not high. But then once you get up yourself, you realise, oh, it is actually quite high. Well, imagine that time's about 10, you're up in a cherry picker, staring down into the abyss. I can assure you, with every fibre of my being, was screaming to me, do not step forward. Every, the deep, that lizard part of my brain was screaming, danger, danger, do not do this. You will die if you take another step. Of course, I, I knew that I was safe. I knew that I would be okay. I knew that... Statistically speaking, I was very unlikely to get hurt doing this. But it was an extraordinarily unnatural act to step off that platform and to launch. Uh, perhaps every stitch of my, every cell in my body was thinking this would end in my demise. But eventually all my mates were watching, so I had to do it. And so I stepped off and just free fell for that briefest of moment, complete perfect freedom slash terror. It was such a wonderful feeling when the bungee snapped and I was able to be lowered safely down to the ground. We're dealing with a moment, one of those moments today where it's completely unnatural, battering winds and waves. And Peter, in fact, uh, not just Jesus, but Peter, one of the disciples, will actually very briefly step out of safety of a boat and into the abyss. That is what we're talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about walking on water, about walking on water. My favourite story about walking on water is in fact about a Christian duck hunter, a very committed Christian duck hunter that got himself a Christian retriever dog to go get the ducks that he'd shot down. But like his Lord and Saviour, this dog was actually able to walk across the top of the water to retrieve the ducks. Sure enough, he had a, was out hunting one day with his atheist mate, very cynical fellow, always bringing people down with his cynicism, with his atheism, didn't believe any of the God stuff. And so this Christian duck hunter wanted to show off his new walking on water dog to his atheist mate in an attempt to draw him into faith. Sure enough, they're out, duck, duck falls down and he's able to race across the surface of the water, barely even getting its paws wet, grabbed the duck and raced back. The Christian bloke looks, looks across to his atheist mate, got no reaction at all. On the way home in the truck, he said, so what do you think about my new dog? What do you reckon? Do you think it, think it goes all right? Did you, did you notice anything unusual about my dog? And the very cynical atheist turned to him and said, yeah, your dog can't even swim. <laughs> Walking on water, it's an extraordinary thing. It's captured the church's attention because it is so supernatural. It's so beyond our, our ken. It's beyond our experience. This is something that doesn't make sense in the rational, doesn't make sense in the in the natural world. The church treasured this story. It's in three of the four Gospels. So why don't we have a look at Matthew's version. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. So open it up to uh, Matthew 14, verse 22 uh, to 33. So the context here is that Jesus has just fed the 5,000. All right, so this follows immediately on after the story that we heard last week. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33 says, Immediately Jesus uh, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side 
while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to to come to you out in the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When they'd climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who are in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Church, let's pray. Our Father, an amazing story for us this morning. A challenging story. We pray that you might help us to learn from it. We pray that we may allow ourselves to be challenged by it. Perhaps see this familiar story from a new angle. Father, we pray that my words might be your words. We pray that I might decrease and you increase in all that is said and in all that is heard. And all the people said, Amen. How does your faith stack up when it's battered by storms, when you're facing those headwinds? That's really the context for today. It's the challenge for us today. It's very easy uh, to be a follower of Jesus in the good times. It's very easy to, to, uh, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a churchgoer. When, when the songs are playing, they're, they're playing the ones that you like, and you've got your Christian friends around you in church and and there's no persecution when, when everything's going well and church is, is fun and the air conditioning is on and, and things are going well. It's very easy to, to be a follower of Jesus in those instances. But this text challenges us about what it's like. How would we respond in the midst of the storm? When we're buffeted by headwinds, when the chips are down, when we're really struggling, how would, how would we react. The early church treasured this story, as I said, it's in three of the four Gospels because it spoke to them. Matthew is writing largely to a, to a Jewish Christian audience who is under the pump. They are facing the headwinds of persecution by this stage. They've been kicked out of the synagogue. Now you might think, well, okay, they've been booted out of their local church. No, 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 no. It's not like being kicked out of church in the marketplace. If you were, if you were kicked out of the synagogue, you were, you were kicked out of the community. You were, you were ostracized. You were no longer part of the tribe, no longer part of your mob. It was, life for you was tough. You no longer enjoyed the protection of your local synagogue. The church was now beginning to be persecuted by the Romans. Of course, the, the Jews enjoyed some level of, of protection from the Romans. The Romans would, they were clever and they knew that they sort of could work with the local faiths of the people that they conquered and so the synagogue was somewhat protected. But once you were outside of the synagogue, you, were, you no longer enjoyed their protection. This was a, a new sect had, had, had sprung up. And eventually the Romans would go on several appalling persecutions of the early church. They would, of course, famously feed the Christians to the lions in their Colosseums and, and in their amphitheaters. And in those moments, when all seemed lost, when there seemed like no hope, they would turn to stories like this and, and see Jesus coming to the rescue when, when all seemed lost, when it all seemed impossible. It's a hard sort of context for we in Australia here to understand, but that is what the context of the crowd that Matthew is, is writing to, a church of people enduring persecution and facing the storms of life. 
facing in, in incredible headwinds. So that's the challenge. Let me, let me ask you at the outset, how would your faith go in such a, such a situation? Would you see it through? Would you stick it out? Or would you bail out? Are you a fair weather friend? The other piece of context in this story that I think some of us miss is that uh, it's very clear, the story is very, very clear that, that Jesus has sent the disciples on ahead without him. He's by himself up a mountainside. He's taking time out. He's dismissed the crowds after feeding the 5,000 and he needs some alone time. He needs to recharge the batteries. Maybe there's a lesson in that for you this morning. He takes some alone time by himself up on a mountainside just communing with his with his heavenly father. He sends the 12 on ahead in a boat across the other side of the lake. A storm comes up. What is important to note is that Jesus did not come to them straight away. The text is very clear. The third watch, or about 3 a.m. in the morning, just before the dawn. These guys had been straining at the oars for hours in the darkest of night before Jesus makes an appearance. So again, I think there's a little lesson here for us. Jesus doesn't just, well, he doesn't promise us a life free of storm. That's the first thing. Jesus never promised us a life free from struggles. Quite the opposite, in fact. He, he, he tells us to expect them. He says trials are going to come. Uh, a little while ago, as Jesus called his disciples and sent them out, he told them to expect persecution. He, he told them to expect opposition. So he tells us to, to, we should, shouldn't be surprised that storms come. Being a follower of Jesus does not mean that you are going to never experience storms or struggle. It doesn't mean you won't experience times when we feel like we are about to be overwhelmed by whatever wind and waves that you're facing. And similarly, Jesus doesn't spare us in, from those and he doesn't always come quickly to save us. If he is in the business of growing his church, of making disciples that are going to have some, some stickability, going to have some, some grit, going to have some, some strength, he's not going to achieve that by coming and bailing us out the minute we run into trouble, is he? So it seems as though Jesus knows what he's doing and lets the disciples strain at the oars, struggle in the, the darkest of night for for many hours before he, he makes an appearance. What's also interesting to note in this story that you might not have considered before, I know it's a familiar story, but consider for a moment too how even when he does arrive, even when Jesus arrives on the scene, the disciples are more terrified by his presence than they were by his apparent absence. They're terrified when he actually shows up. They think he's a ghost. So again, I think there might be a little bit of a lesson for we as church in this little point of the story as well. Are we crying out to help? Well, we only want help in the way that we want it. Do we sometimes not recognize Jesus coming to our rescue because we put God in a little box because we've got our, our blinkers on? Sometimes I think God is at work and we fail to perceive him because we, we want God to, to, to work in the way that we're familiar with and that we're comfortable with. We, we sort of sometimes almost fall into the trap of telling God what to do. I've, I've sometimes heard myself that. I've certainly heard other people uh, praying that. Uh, certainly some um, folk on the TV, I do think, fall into the trap of almost commanding God, telling God how he should act. I think we need to be wary of that. God will act in his time and he'll act in, in his way. So Jesus comes walking out to them on the water. He's walking on the water. The disciples uh, are terrified, but he, he calls to them with these wonderfully comforting words, take courage, take courage, don't fear, fear not. It is I, it is I. And then the story takes a really interesting turn, as though things weren't sort of weird enough at this point. The story gets particularly challenging, gets particularly strange, because Peter, the buffhead Peter, calls out to Jesus and said, Lord, if it is really you, call me to come. He steps out of the boat and he also starts walking on water for a point, for a little period, for a brief moment, 
Peter is also walking on water. Peter also takes a leap of faith, gets out of the boat and starts walking on water. Now, I could quite easily take the message in the direction that I'm sure many of you have heard before about taking that great big leap of faith, like the bungee jumping episode. And I think there is, there is certainly there's some truth to that. I don't know your context. Maybe you are in the position of Peter of needing to, just to step out, to indeed take that leap of faith, trusting in Jesus with whatever happens, whatever happens next. What you might not have noted, in fact, what I hadn't really noted in this story before until I did some reading this week, was that, uh, in fact, Peter, when he starts to sink, we all know this, if you've been in church long enough, you know that Peter is walking on the water and it's only when he takes his eyes off Jesus that he starts to sink, yes? You're familiar with that part of the story. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and at that point, that is when he starts to succumb to the waves. Interestingly, however, have a look at the text if you've got it open in front of you. It's not the water that causes Peter to sink. Where does he look? He looks to the wind. It says Peter looks to the wind. I thought that's really interesting because the wind was actually no threat to him at this point, was it? I think there's actually a distortion in Peter's perception and I think sometimes there's a distortion in the way we see the world as well. Peter starts sinking from something that actually doesn't have any power to harm him. He takes his eyes off Jesus and yes, we should always keep our eyes on Jesus. But even as he takes his eyes off Jesus, he's looking at something that really doesn't have the power to hurt him. It was the waves that were the danger, not so much the wind of course. So again, I think there might be a little takeaway here for someone this morning. Are you perhaps taking your eyes off Jesus and looking to something else that really you need not be fearful of? I think people have been very, very fearful, particularly during the pandemic. Fear was the pandemic. A lot of people having an an irrational fear at times. A lot of fearfulness out there. Are you being irrationally fearful of something, taking your eyes off Jesus, looking to something being distracted by something that you need necessarily be spending time and energy energy worrying about. Another little challenging, can I allow you to maybe give you another way of looking at this story? We all sort of commend Peter for taking that brave leap of faith and he was certainly the guy that would, you know, take those bold leaps of faith, but he was also the guy that put his foot in it as often as not, wasn't he? If you know the story, you know that Peter was the guy that quite often got it wrong. Yes, he was the guy that first identified Jesus as the Messiah, but he was also the guy that just a few minutes later, Jesus is telling to get behind me, Satan. Can I ask you to consider the possibility that maybe Peter getting out of the boat here may not have been the right thing to do? The text does seem to perhaps support this this different interpretation, that perhaps in getting out of the boat, Peter was actually showing a lack of faith. Remember, Jesus has told them what to do. He's told them to cross over to the other side. Maybe Peter's act of getting out of the boat was actually an act of disobedience, an act of faithlessness, perhaps. We get that hint from the fact that what is, what is Peter's first words in this story? He says, Lord, if it is really you, remember, Jesus has already told them that it is him. You've got it open in front of you. Jesus has already said, take courage, it is I. And what does Peter say? Well, if it is really you, Lord, who else says something like that in the scriptures? Do you remember? Who else says, who else starts questioning Jesus? It's Satan during the temptation. Did God really say, if you really are the Son of God? Or in the garden, they might say, he might say, did God really say this? So perhaps Peter is actually doubting at this point. And of course, when they do get back in the boat, when they manage to climb back in the boat, Jesus says, why did you doubt? You have little of little faith. Perhaps he wasn't referring to the fact that he started to sink, but perhaps Jesus might have been referring to the fact that he got out of the boat in the first place. One of the great fathers of the church, Augustine, commented on this, and and he noted that although the boat might seem flimsy, remembering that the boat 
is quite often a picture of the church. Since the earliest of times, the church has often been pictured of a, like a, a boat on, on the high seas. There's actually a, a church in Manly called Little Boat Big Sea at one point. The church has got a motley crew when we look around, doesn't it? Here at Church in the Marketplace, we've got a motley crew. Sometimes we're not always pulling in the right direction, are we? Sometimes it feels like we're going around in circles at times, perhaps. We don't always get on with our fellow crew members at times, let's be honest. But it is still nevertheless a boat. It is still nevertheless where God has called us to be. Although they were getting buffeted by wind and waves, we at least still have the shelter of the boat. There was certain death awaiting anywhere else. That's another little challenge. I'll leave you to interpret where you're at in your life at the moment. I'll leave you to interpret whether or not you're being called to step out in faith or whether in fact you're being called to just stay put, to follow through, to, to stick where, where God has, has placed you, to, to not be someone that is a, a fair weather friend and to, and to bail out, but needing to stay the course, needing to be steadfast. Can I leave you with a, a, a challenging affirmation that regardless of the context here, regardless of Peter was full of faith or whether he was full of doubt in stepping out of the boat at that time, either way, Jesus comes to their rescue. Either way, Jesus won't leave you hanging. Either way, Jesus is striding out across the storms of life that you're facing to come to you, to say, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Remember too, that Jesus left the comfort and peace and security of, of his heavenly home to, to rescue you. Jesus left perfect communion with the heavenly Father and chose to live as one of us, as a humble son of a carpenter, a first century Palestinian, no place to lay his head. He strode out across the cosmos to reach out to you and to bring you home, to, to bring you to safety. Church, can I encourage you this week to hear his call, to hear his call upon your life, to take courage and to not fear. Amen? Let's pray. Hey, gracious God, we pray that you'll help us to apply this passage in our lives. Perhaps you are calling us to step out in faith. Perhaps you are calling us to, to take a leap, to to take a risk, Father, to, to step out in faith, to try something new. Perhaps, Father, you're calling us to, to stick with the disciples, to not bail out, to, to be steadfast, to be true to your call, to remain obedient, Father, to the task that you've given us. Regardless of our context, Father, we say thank you that you have provided for us a rescue. We say thank you that you didn't, didn't leave us to our own devices. Even in the midst of the storm, Father, you, you come to us. You came to us in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, and you rescued us. You rescued us from sin and death. You snatched us out of the miry clay. You snatched us from the water. You snatched us from the grave. We say thank you that Jesus has defeated death. He has overcome the power of the grave, and that we too can share in his resurrection. We too can share in newness of life, abundance of life, in this life and the next. May we grab hold of it, hearing Jesus' call, without fear. May we follow his call into new life today, in Jesus' name. The people said, I'm going to uh, uh, introduce uh, uh, Lucy. She's going to um, speak to you about uh, an item. I'm going to invite you to simply be blessed at this point with a, with a, a, a Lucy Kong a original item. She's, going to, um, she's written this piece and is going to introduce it to you that speaks to, to this very moment. So we thought it was an appropriate time to, to share this uh, with the congregation. So this one is called Storms of Life. Thank you, Lucy. Hello. Um, so I wrote this song when I was about... 16 weeks pregnant with Alice, who's somewhere running around. 
Um, it was at a time when Wei had just been diagnosed with COVID, and it was back when it was a bit like sort of unknown and scary, and you had to isolate for two weeks. Um, and by some sort of grace, Evelyn and I didn't catch it, so we were able to uh, isolate away from Wei. And I was very afraid of a lot of things. So that was, you know, a big unknown. I was worried about the fact that we were living separately from Wei and he was by himself, and I was, you know, worried about was it going to make him really sick or just would he, you know, pull through. And I also had my own fears, because uh, those of you who know me know I'm no stranger to anxiety. Um, being 16 weeks pregnant, I was starting to get a little bit, yeah, worried because I experienced postnatal depression with my first child. So it was starting to sort of, you know, creep up in the back of my mind that, oh, am I going to go through this again? I don't want to go through this again. So I sort of wrote this song to kind of encourage me because <laughs> I, was, I was, yeah, I was, I was just Evelyn and me. We were isolating at my brother-in-law's granny flat. Uh, and I just, um, I ha all I brought was my ukulele. So I was just sort of sitting there strumming away. And uh, yeah, this is what I came up with. But it's just sort of a, and just to close and talking about what I'm sort of saying, the one thing I seem to have experienced time and time again in my only short 35 years of life uh, is that when we do hold on, when we cling to, to Christ in the storm, uh, you know, we do pull through. Even though like storms generally, you can't see where you're going, that's the whole thing of the storm, you can't see your way out of it. There is a way out if you just kind of hold fast. So... That's what this song is about, um, and it's a premiere. We literally only just practiced it once this morning, uh, and I typed it up yesterday. So uh, yeah, I just it's it's been sitting in the back of my head for a while. And when Peter said this was the the theme this week, I was like, ah, oh, I've got this song. So uh, I hope you like it. It's a bit tricky to sing, but I reckon I might be able to sort of encourage you to join in in the bridge. So uh, here we go. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lucy. Aren't we blessed to have such wonderful talent here at Church in the Marketplace? Uh, thank you to Eric and John as well. Rock and roll. Praise God. Friends, let's uh, conclude our time together with singing. We're going to sing still. We're going to sing it's an old Hillsong one, isn't it? From the 90s, I think. So let's, uh, let's uh, stand and sing still before we uh, head out to our mission field this week. this week when oceans rise and thunders roar be still and know that he is God and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us all now and forevermore amen <laughs>